Welcome to Following, a weekly podcast where we will discuss how to follow Jesus. Christianity is not an event you attend, it's a life you live. Join us each week as we dive into the intersection of real life circumstances and the life-changing Word of God. Come, follow Jesus with us. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Following. We're excited to get back into the Gospel of John. Uh, Phil, how are you? Doing great. It's good to be here. Good. Well, why don't we get right into this and uh, just open up with reading the text. So, Phil, do you want to read the text for us? So in John 1, verse 35, And the next day John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked upon Jesus as he walked and said, Behold the Lamb of God. And the two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. And Jesus turned and beheld them following, said to them, What do you seek? And they said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come, and you will see. They came, therefore, and saw where he was staying, and they stayed with him that day, for it was about the tenth hour. One of the two who heard John speak followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He found first his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which translated means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which translated means Peter. The next day he purposed to go forth into Galilee, and he found Philip. And Jesus said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, of the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him, of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming and said to him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no guile. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you that I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You shall see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you shall see the heavens opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Amen. Well, just to kind of remind the listeners, this podcast is sort of an outflow of the sermons preached on the Mm -hmm. Sunday right, right before we record this. And one thing that was interesting about this sermon in particular was how practical it was. It's not something that you typically would see with a, uh, a narrative. I mean, I know narratives are practical, but it takes a little bit more digging than, you, yeah. know, you know, to get application out of a narrative than it would for, say, an epistle, which mm-hmm. is super uh, applicational. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, this, this whole podcast is kind of based off of what this text is talking about, following Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's Jesus over and over saying, come, follow me, follow mm-hmm. me, follow me, and people responding by doing just that. So mm-hmm. that's kind of, uh, I'm, I'm really excited to talk about this text because that's kind of our heart for this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. It's, and it, there, there's a desire to follow Jesus, but the disconnect is, how do I do it? Right. And this text kind of gives us some examples of what that would look like. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, we want to drill into just a couple of points from your sermon, which uh, the first one that we're going to look at is is followers of Jesus want to be with Jesus more than anything else. 
So would you mind just kind of explaining that just really briefly? Yeah, it comes from, uh, as you look in the narrative, after John the Baptist says, Behold the Lamb of God, he, the, the two disciples that he's talking to immediately begin to follow after Jesus. And Jesus turns around and he asks them, What are you looking for? What are you seeking? And their question is so interesting, or their, their answer to the question is so interesting because they say, they don't say, we want to know more about you. They don't say, we want you to answer these theological questions. Mm-hmm. They, don't, they don't say anything like that. They, their answer is, where are you staying? Mm-hmm. You know, and Jesus doesn't give them an address. He simply says, come and see. And so they go and they see where he's at and they stay with him. Yeah. And I think what the implication there is, the greatest desire of their heart at this point they know that this is a significant individual. They know because of John's testimony that this is the one that God sent. Mm-hmm. They might even know that he is God in the flesh. You know, it's not clear how much they know, but they recognize this is, this is an eschatological figure. This is the Christ. This is the Messiah. This is the long-awaited servant of the Lord. This is the one who's going to bring about the restoration of Israel. And they just want to be with him. Yeah. They want to be near him. They want to be close to him. They want to sit at his feet. That's what they desire. So I think a follower of Jesus is someone, they just have an insatiable appetite to be mm-hmm. with Jesus. Yeah, I think about the story of Mary and Martha. When Was it yeah. Mary that was being busy, or, or did I have that backwards? No, Martha was Martha, extremely yeah. busy. And, and it's not that she was doing anything wrong. Right. Right? She's preparing the meals. She's mm-hmm. trying to be a hospitable with Jesus. And she's frustrated because Mary's not helping. Yeah. And she tells Jesus, hey, can you tell Mary to help me? And Jesus says, no. Mary is doing the one thing that's necessary, and that won't right. be taken from her. Yeah. And so I, just that, you, you see that same kind of emphasis. Just, I, I don't want anything but to be near Jesus. Mm-hmm. I just want to be with Jesus. Yeah, and that's, that's the whole of the Christian life. Like, if, if you're a believer, you ought to have that same desire, that mm-hmm. same uh, longing to be with Jesus. So yeah. then the question that we should ask is, well, how do we do that? What are some practical ways that we can just mm-hmm. sit at the feet of Jesus or just be with Jesus, have this or maybe even stir up this uh, uh, desire to just be with Jesus more than anything else. Yeah, I think some of us, the, the question stems from the fact that Jesus is not physically present among us in the sense that he was when these two disciples mm-hmm. saw him and followed after him and sat with him uh, wherever he was staying. Uh, and so we think, well, we can't be with Jesus because he's on the throne in heaven ruling over the nations. But the reality is he sent his spirit into the world so that we could be with him. Mm-hmm. And you know, he is God, and which means he's omnipresent, which means he's everywhere. And so we can be with Jesus. Mm-hmm. We can't see him with our physical eyes. We can't touch him with our physical fingertips. We can't hear him with our physical ears. But that doesn't mean that he's not actually present yeah. with us. He's present with us. And you can experience that presence. You can feel his presence, uh, sometimes more powerfully than, than at other times. So the question then is, how then do I draw near to Jesus? How do I approach and sit at the feet of Jesus and just be with him? And there's a couple of ways that I, that I think about it. Um, number one, I was reading a book this weekend uh, Friendship with the Friend of Sinners by Jared Wilson. It's a really good book, um, but he mentions divine dialogue. So in order to be with someone, you have to have a conversation. You have to talk with them. You have to listen to them. And how do we do that? We do that by reading our Bible and praying. You know? and, and a lot of times I think people wanting to know some practical advice about being with Jesus or following Jesus, and 
We say, read your Bible and pray, and you're just like, oh, yeah, I know. That's what you always say. But the reality of the matter is, that is how you are with Jesus. Yeah, it's like C.H. Uh, Spurgeon once was asked, what's more important? Is it reading your Bible or is it praying? And his response, well, which was more important? Is it more important to breathe in or to breathe out? Yeah, Both of these that's, things are essential great. for life. Yeah, that's absolutely true. So when you, when you sit down with your, your Bible, don't approach it like this magic book of incantations that you're going to hopefully find this nugget of wisdom that's going to make your day better. Mm-hmm. Approach it as you are listening to the very voice of God Almighty yeah. saying something to you. He's telling you a story in order to communicate something to you. He's, he's writing you a letter in order to teach you something so that you respond in a particular way. Start viewing the Bible as God's sitting there speaking to you. And then when you read your Bible, pray back, mm-hmm. you know, respond. What, what do you mean by this, God? Or when you're convicted of, of sin, confess the sin. Or when you, when you see the beauty of Christ in a new, new light, you know, talk to him about that, you know, and yeah. just, just treat him as a person. You know, it, it could be as simple as, you know, sometimes I think maybe we, we don't think about prayer so conversationally, it's almost like we treat prayer like a, um, another incantation that you say these magic words and then you'll be blessed or something like that. Mm-hmm. But prayer is conversation with God. And so instead of closing your eyes, maybe get an extra chair and sit it next to you and talk to the person who's sitting in the chair with you. Even though you can't see him, you know he's there because he promises he won't leave us. He promises He'll not abandon us. Yeah. You know, one of my favorite verses is Isaiah 41.10, where he says, Do not fear, for I am with you. Mm. Do not anxiously look about you, because I am your God. Mm. I will strengthen you. Surely I will help you. Surely I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Mm. So he's promising, I am with you. And even if we can't feel him every second, that doesn't change the reality that he is there. Yeah, that's and good. So I... I think, you know, you have to help yourself wrap your mind around the reality. He is there. So talk to him as if he's there. Talk to him as a person. Don't view prayer as a religious exercise. View it as conversation with the Almighty God. Yeah. One thing that, that's really helped me recently in, in praying is uh, to... So, like, before I, I would pray and I wouldn't... Like, it would just be silent and I would just think thoughts in prayer. And I would easily get distracted by mm. my, you know, by other thoughts. But one thing that really keeps me focused on actually talking to Jesus is actually talking, is speaking the words out loud, even if it's just a quiet whisper. Mm-hmm. Like even just sitting in in church when we have times of of personal prayer, I I do it out loud. I mean, mm-hmm. it's quiet. You know, I don't want to disrupt others. But there's just something tangible about speaking the words out loud yeah, that I make agree. it make a huge difference in your prayer life. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So I would say divine dialogue is the first step. If you're not regularly reading your Bible and praying, you need to be doing that. There's just no, that is fundamental yeah. to being with Jesus. But a second way, there is an emphasis in the New Testament, and Jesus talks about this in Matthew 25, that how you treat his people mm. is how you treat him. Yeah. He's so united to his people. He's the head, they're the body, so yeah. that when we treat his people a particular way, he says, we're treating him that way. So if we want to be near Jesus, if we want to be with Jesus, then you need to be in the community of the saints. You need to be with God's people. You need to be um, 
loving God's people. You need to be interacting with God's people. You need to be caring for God's people and being cared for by God's people. You need to be enjoying God's people. So you can't do that on your on your own. Yeah, I think about uh, in in youth group we're preaching through Colossians, and last night we 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 went through uh, Colossians eighteen and nineteen, and in verse nineteen it says. These, these people that are, that are bringing false messages, that's who Paul's talking about. It says, And not holding firmly to the head, uh, from whom the entire body, being supplied and held together by the joints and the ligaments, grows with the growth which is from God. So mm-hmm. the head is Christ, the mm-hmm. body is the church, and the people are the joints and ligaments that support and hold together. We see the same thing in Ephesians 4, verse 16, and in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where Paul is talking about this, this community that works together. And mm-hmm. if you're not inside that community, then something is missing. There's a link that's not missing. Yeah. Or you that's can't, not there, excuse me. You, you can't follow Jesus on your own. Yeah. There's no such thing as lone wolf Christianity. No, you, you, you have to be connected to the body. Mm-hmm. You have to be connected to his people because he, the, the church is the temple of the living God. Yeah. So his presence is among his people. So I'm not saying like you're, if you're working in Antarctica and you're the only believer there, then you're, you know, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that if you have the ability and the opportunity mm-hmm. to be with God's people, you, you must be yeah. with God's people. Right. You are missing out on the experience of God's presence tangibly mm-hmm. with his people. So, and that's not just going to church. I mean, I think that's a vital part of it, going to worship God with the saints and hearing God's word and praying with the saints. But there's also small groups, whether it's a home group or a Sunday school class or uh, just a group of friends getting together regularly, eat a meal and pray together and talk about the Lord together. There is there's something very special that takes place when you when you share a meal together, when you pray together, you you can sense the presence of Jesus mm-hmm. among you. And there is a, a, a bond that forms. It's like you're talking about this joints and the ligaments. You we're we are experiencing the union that we have with Christ. Mm-hmm through the church. And so it's very, very important that we spend time together and that we talk with one another and that we show hospitality to one another, that we serve one another, that we treat one another as more important than ourselves. So as we love, which is considering others to be more important than yourself and, and actively working to their good, you know, you are going to experience tangibly the presence of Christ Mm -hmm. through his people. Yeah, and I think another way is uh, something called silence and solitude. Mm-hmm. We we went on a pastor's retreat just this last week, and we really got to uh, intentionally spend time where there was no other noise. There was no headphones. No, I sometimes in my my prayer times I do like to listen to music. I, it, mm-hmm. it helps me uh, focus my thoughts. But here there was nothing. There was it was. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, you could hear the pin drop in the mm-hmm. room, and uh, just something about being completely focused on jesus there's no other distractions around you Mm -hmm. and you're just simply sitting there at the feet of christ and Mm -hmm. praying or meditating or uh, you you know you know meditating Mm -hmm. on scripture or on on a truth of scripture Mm -hmm. there's just something unique about spending time alone with god without distractions the biggest distraction that's going to prevent you from really connecting with god is your phone yeah you know to take the phone put it on a table somewhere in a different room than you're in, you know, not even if, even if you have it on silent and it's in your pocket, you can feel the buzz and you're instantly distracted. What Mm -hmm. is that? And you, and we've trained ourselves to automatically respond to every notification. That's why I've turned off most, most 
I think the only notifications I get are from like text um, because I don't want to be constantly distracted by my phone. I want to be, you know, if there's a message, that's one thing. And I've even been tempted to turn those off at times so that I can focus. Mm-hmm. Um, but you have to put the phone down. You have to intentionally separate yourself from that, that thing that's constantly distracting you. It's, it's, and the, the, the way that the technology and the social media and all that stuff is wired, they want to distract you. They want to pull you away from what you're thinking on into to viewing them because that's how they make money. Yeah. Which I understand that. But so as a Christian, you want to be with God undistracted. You've got to, to be willing to put the phone down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just a, re- real quick, a recap on that first point. How do we be with Jesus? If that's our desire to mm-hmm. be with Jesus more than anything else, how do we actually do that? It's reading your Bible and praying, spending mm-hmm. time alone with God in silence and solitude and, and community with the saints, mm-hmm. joining a church, serving with the church, praying with the church, loving the church. Forgiving the church yes. when you are sinned yes. against in the church. Yeah. Right. Which is hard, but it's, it's, yeah. ne- it's necessary. That's another thing that's problematic is people get upset at church because somebody said something to them or they misunderstand something and they get hurt. Somebody sins against them, and so they leave and go to another church. Yeah. And you're missing out, I think, on a key component of being the body mm-hmm. is we don't just amputate pieces of the body because they hurt. Right. No, we learn to, to love like Jesus, mm. to forgive, to be gracious, to be compassionate, to work through those problems. And that brings glory to God and goodness to us. Yeah. So the second point, what, what does a follower of Jesus do? Uh, follower, followers of Jesus eagerly bring other people to meet Jesus. So they eagerly do evangelism. They eagerly go out and tell people about Christ. Mm-hmm. They want people to see Jesus like they see them. That's mm-hmm. what a follower of Jesus does. So what are some practical ways of, of doing that? Yeah, so in the text, that's what you see these guys doing. They, yeah. they meet Jesus, and the first thing they do is like, hey, you've got to come meet this guy. But I think there's a lot of misconception about evangelism, mm-hmm. and, and evangelism has become almost a sales pitch, which is why I think most people, uh, or many people anyway, don't want to do it, or mm-hmm. it's very unappealing to them. Because, like, I'm not a salesman. I'm right. an introverted person. So that's having to have this pre-programmed pitch that I've got to communicate in effort to persuade you to agree with me mm-hmm. in a very hostile culture that wants only to be accepted for their own opinions, not to be persuaded to believe somebody else's opinions. It's a very intimidating task. Yeah. But I don't think that's what we see in the text, and I don't think that's what evangelism really is. I, and I think what you see here is these people who have had an, an interaction with Jesus Jesus has transformed them. Jesus has changed them. Just being with him, Jesus did something to them. And they are so overwhelmed with that and so overjoyed with that that they just want everyone else to meet him too. Mm. And so they bring them to Jesus, and Jesus does the rest. So what, what we have to understand is evangelism is simply facilitating a meeting between Jesus and this person. Yeah. So how do we do that? And I, and I think there's a, you know, a, a couple of things to think of. It's not necessarily this pre-programmed speech that you have to give. Now, the gospel is a message that mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's going to be communicated. And I think you need to be cognizant of the truth. You know what you believe and why you right. believe it. Yeah. Um, like in First Peter uh, chapter 3, it says, be ready to be, give, to be given a, a defense for the hope that's yeah. within you. You need to know what you believe and why yeah. you believe it. But the reality is if you meditate on Christ and you're spending time with Christ and you're rejoicing in the grace of Christ, that should spill out into an eagerness 
I want you to meet Jesus because he's what he's done in my life. Mm -hmm. And you can talk about the forgiveness of sin. You can talk about the peace that you're experiencing. You can talk about the joy that only he can give. Right. And, and so as you're, you talk with people about what he's doing in your life, you're saying you, you've got to meet him. You, you've, you've got to come to meet him. And the question is, well, how do, again, we can't see him. Mm -hmm. we, so how do we facilitate bringing them? Well, where is Jesus at? Well, we know he is with his people. Mm -hmm. So bring them with you to church. But it doesn't even have to just be a church service, right? I think that's a great place, especially like when your church is specifically focused on a gospel. That's a yeah. great time to invite people to come to church because you're going to hear about Jesus. Mm -hmm. You're going to see Jesus with the ears of your heart, so to speak. Mm -hmm. and, and you're going to behold his beauty. And, and so if you want to introduce people to Jesus, bring them. Because the, the scripture tells us that faith is born out of a hearing of the word. Yeah. And so when, when you bring them to a place where the word of God is being preached, something supernatural takes place. Jesus is the one who does the converting. You're just facilitating the meeting. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really good and really important to invite people to worship at the church with you. But they're going to see also in that, not just the hearing of the word, but they're going to see the interaction and the love and the joy and the peace of these people. And they're going to see what, what is so different about these people. They're going to see the light of Christ. They're going to see the character of Christ in the people of God. And they're going to, be, they're going to meet Jesus in that yeah. regard. But it's not just, a, uh, not just a worship service. I think it would be really important to bring them to a, a home group you know, where you share a meal together and you talk. And you just talk about life and you talk about how God is making a difference in your life and you pray for each other. And even if they don't participate that much in the conversation or praying because they're not comfortable because they don't know him yet, they're going to meet him right. through that interaction. Yeah, there's a, a book my wife is reading called uh, The Gospel Comes with a House Key. Mm. I don't know if you've read that one. I've heard of it. I haven't read it it's, yet. It's by uh, Rosaria Butterfield. She's a really wonderful author. I would recommend any of her books, but she, she discusses this i haven't read it yet so i'm just kind of uh regurgitating what i've heard but she discusses this this aspect of hospitality like mm -hmm. if you're a believer in christ you have to be hospitable to mm -hmm. other people you have to be able to invite them into your house and mm -hmm. and love on them uh and show them christ through that mm -hmm. you know it's it's a huge uh bridge to the gospel to, mm -hmm. to just and i mean it, it, the listeners of this podcast all of you all probably work with people who are unbelievers you mm -hmm. go to school with unbelievers you interact with unbelievers you're friends with unbelievers you have relationships with unbelievers so a great way to bring them to jesus is to just bring them to your home show mm -hmm. them through your family life what christ looks like mm -hmm. be hospitable open up your house to, uh, to other mm -hmm. people yeah i think it's a great way to, to bring people to jesus yeah be kind and open and inviting that's what jesus was mm -hmm. right be like jesus love yeah. like jesus um, another another way that we could bring people to Jesus, I think, is offer to read a book or read a book of the Bible together. Mm -hmm. You know, some some people are searching for answers. Some yeah. people are not, so they're not going to be interested in that. But someone that is searching, that's trying to figure this out, you could say, "Hey, would you want to? Would you want to read a book of the Bible together uh, over lunch once a week? We could just read." you know, a chapter a week and talk about it, you yeah. know? Like, and, like if you're a college student listening to this podcast, this mm -hmm. is a huge thing for you. Like mm -hmm. whenever I was in college, everybody was looking for answers. It was like yeah. everybody was just desiring to know, okay, what else is out there mm -hmm. other than what I was raised with? And then 
you have this awesome avenue to, hey, let's read this book that explains Jesus. Yeah. Let's do it together. Let's study this together. Yeah. And I think you're, you will find people that are interested in that. Yeah. No. The first person you ask, if they say no, you're like, well, those people on that podcast lied. <laughs> no. There, there will be people that say no, yeah. that are not interested. I've mm-hmm. had people tell me no in that. But there are people that are going to say yes. Right. And they're, and they're going to be interested and open to it. And what you're doing is you are bringing them to Jesus because the Bible is the word of Jesus. It's mm-hmm. living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. So they're going to come face-to-face with the God of eternity in that moment, in that word, and he does the rest, right? It, I heard an, uh, an illustration once. It's talking about the Bible. Like, we don't have to convince people that the Bible is true. Um, you just have to bring them into interaction with the Bible in the same way that you don't have to convince someone that a lion in a cage is ferocious and deadly. You just have to open the door. The lion does the rest. Mm-hmm. And I think the same thing is true of the Bible. I think the same thing is true of, of Jesus. We don't have to convince and persuade them that Jesus is significant. We just have to bring them to him, and he does the rest. He will convince, and he will persuade, because he only can change the heart. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, to me, takes a, a tremendous amount of pressure off. I'm not trying to convince anybody. I'm not trying to persuade anybody. I'm just trying to bring them to Jesus, yeah. and he does the rest. Yeah, and, and you can even do this with believing friends. This isn't just yeah, evangelism. Absolutely. You know, like I think of mentoring that we're doing, this mm-hmm. one-to-one mentoring stuff that we're doing as our, you know, our, for our church here in Macon. Uh, we're intentionally meeting with, sometimes it's just two, two or three believers, sometimes it's a couple believers and an unbeliever, and mm-hmm. we're mentoring them or, or teaching them how to live uh, for Jesus. And if it's an unbeliever, they're going to interact with Christ. Mm-hmm. We're reading the Bible with them, we're talking about uh, practices, disciplines to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. They're going to meet Jesus uh, through those, mm-hmm. you know, you know, th- through that avenue. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's just being intentional. And my job is to introduce people to Jesus. There's some really specific, practical ways to do that. Invite them to church. Invite them to your home. Read the scriptures with them. Read a good book together. Just bring them into an interaction with the Son of God, and He mm-hmm. will do the rest. Yeah. Amen. That's good. Well, let's, let's wrap this up. Uh, just recap really quick. The first point was followers of Jesus want to be with Jesus more than anything else. And you do that by Bible reading and prayer. You do that by spending time in silence and solitude. You do that by uh, uh, engaging with the church, being mm-hmm. part of the church. Uh, and then secondly, followers of Jesus eagerly uh, bring other people to meet Jesus. We have this desire, mm-hmm. this delight in Jesus that that spurs a desire to bring mm-hmm. others to also delight in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we want others to see Jesus. We mm-hmm. do that by inviting them to church. We do that by opening our house to them. We we show uh, hospitality. We we are kind to them. We love them. We mm-hmm. read books with them. We invite them to do studies with us to mm-hmm. look at Jesus. Mm-hmm. We bring them to meet Jesus, the King of Kings. We want them to have an interaction with Jesus. It doesn't have to be an argumentative discussion. Yeah. It just needs to be, look at this person. I'm reminded of the woman at the well who Jesus told her everything that was on her heart and, and everything that she had done. And she, she doesn't necessarily cower back, but she goes back to her hometown and she's just like, look at this. Come see this yeah, man who told me everything I did. Yeah. yeah, that's all she does. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and the that, whole town is saved. That's our that's our responsibility. Is we've mm-hmm. had this interaction. We're the woman at the well. We we go and we, right. we say, "Come see this man who has transformed my life." Yes, and 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 be transformed yourself. And that's yep. that's the goal of yep. the follower of Jesus. Is yeah, it's not a sales pitch. It's yep. an introduction. He yep. does the rest. That's good. Well, with that being said, I guess we can close this episode out. Thank you all for listening. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, 
Until next week, keep following Jesus. Thanks again for tuning in to Following. We truly hope you enjoyed this episode and found it helpful. If you did enjoy this episode, we ask that you would go ahead and hit that follow button and share this podcast with your friends, you know, post it to your social media, whatever. Get this resource out there. And if you'd like to hear more on this text, uh, go to the link in the description of this episode and you can watch or listen to the sermon on this text. For more resources like this, go to hopeformakin.com. And until next week, keep following Jesus.